Welcome back to Keto Dog, a bi-weekly podcast offering personal reflections on my keto journey. My intention here is to discuss the benefits and challenges of this lifestyle and hopefully create a small community of individuals that are curious to hear about practical insights as well as how to stay on board. So without further ado, on with today's episode on how to get started on a ketogenic diet. So welcome again to the second episode of my keto podcast. I'm really glad that you're here and hope that you will find our bite-sized episodes informative and also enjoyable. So as I mentioned last week, today I would like to offer you a brief list of books and other literature that I found to be particularly useful to get me started on this journey. Also, I will address the several different types of ketogenic diet I will talk a little bit about what it takes to get your kitchen keto ready and what restrictions you may need to consider moving forward. And as always, I'm going to conclude this podcast by a brief section on lessons learned, about lessons learned for myself. Starting off with literature that I found to be particularly useful on this journey, I would like to highlight six authors that really spoke to me in their style of writing accessibility of content, and also applicability of content. And I think it's really important to mention that not all these books are specific on the ketogenic diet. Much more, a lot of the books are actually more general in content. They talk about processed food, they talk about different macronutrients, they talk about the question whether a calorie is a calorie, they talk about the overall processed food industry, what ingredients they use, the effect of sugar on the brain, and so on. And as I read through the books, I started to hone in more and more on the subject of the ketogenic diet. So the first book that I consumed, if you will, as part of this journey was Robert Lustig's Metabolical. In that book, he essentially breaks down nutrition He breaks down the different macronutrients, their effects on our bodies, and really he sums up the content in protect the liver and feed the gut. Professor Lustig is a vehement advocate of real foods, as per my understanding, and I found this book, although it was a very large volume, very useful to create a general overview of the topic of nutrition as a whole. Next in line is Michael Moss's book, Hooked. In that book, Mr. Moss talks about the food industry and how the industry is achieving to manipulate our choices, tastes, and our overall dietary choices. I found the book to be fascinating because it really highlights the almost devious ways in which the industry can manipulate our choices and lead us to consume items that are potentially not even real food, especially if one goes by Robert Listick's definition of what food actually is. My third recommendation is David Perlmutter's Grain Brain. In this book, Perlmutter really highlights the effect of gluten on our bodies and whether celiac disease is always only confined to the intestines or whether it can also show itself on other aspects of the body, sometimes completely leaving out any negative effects on the digestive system. 
And with recommendation number four, we are now really moving into the area of the ketogenic diet. So my fourth recommendation is Gary Taubes' The Case for Keto. And this was really my first book specifically on the ketogenic diet, in which I learned a lot about calorie counting, how it may not be necessary at all, and the overall advantages of a low-carb, high-fat diet. I found this book to be an easy read and would recommend anybody who is interested in the field of ketogenic diets to have a look at this book. And so the last two recommendations I'm going to just go through together. It's Josh Axe's Keto Diet and David Harper's Bio Diet. And so both of these volumes really talk about the diet in a how-to style. What do you have to do? What are your next steps? What are the difficulties you may encounter? And so David Harper in Bio Diet actually really gives you a detailed plan, a strategic plan on how you can change your lifestyle and really make the most of this ketogenic lifestyle. And so after having read through a lot of this literature, it occurred to me that there are in fact various different types of the ketogenic diet. So for instance, it is definitely possible to reach the state of ketosis by cutting out all the carbohydrates and focusing on meat consumption, eating a lot of processed cheeses, a lot of nuts, a lot of oils, and so forth. But in my view, it's really important to have a look at where these items are actually coming from and whether or not they may in fact also be the result of a factory process. So in essence, are in fact processed foods. So a good example here is different choices of oils that we have available for cooking. So we can of course go for olive oil, coconut oil, avocado oil. We can cook with duck fat or roast with duck fat, ghee, butter. But also we could go for vegetable oil, rapeseed oil, sunflower oil and so forth. And so of course, depending on our choices, those choices will have different impacts, different effects on our bodies. And I think this really goes to show that there isn't one ketogenic diet, but there are in fact many different forms of the ketogenic diet. And so moving into the next section of this podcast, I would like to outline to you what it meant for me to get my kitchen keto ready and make sure that I have the right ingredients for the foods that I liked. And what I found to be particularly important when I was getting my kitchen keto ready was that I was in fact really surprised as to how different a product could be depending on the manufacturer. So for instance, being the German that I am, I really enjoy the odd sauerkraut. Depending on where I buy the sauerkraut, there are in fact different nutritional facts stated on the packaging. And so this means it's really inevitable that we all take a good look at the products that we have in our cupboards and shelves and really make sure that there aren't any hidden carbohydrates, hidden sugars, especially in foods where one would not expect those to be. Also, I found it really useful to think about the ways in which food can be prepared and how that might impact on the glycemic index. So for instance, we might choose to have a tomato within our salad, but also we might choose to have several tomatoes and make them into a tomato sauce to go with our meat, for instance. Now, 
Apart from the fact that, of course, a sauce may require more than just one tomato and therefore quickly driving up the carbohydrate content, also, depending on how that tomato is processed by our own cooking, this will impact on how the body metabolizes this particular vegetable, or, of course, fruit in this case. And so talking about restrictions as part of the ketogenic diet, I really have to say that I find it very difficult to relate to the comments of some people when they talk about the ketogenic diet being a boring one. In fact, I do find that this diet has opened my eyes to the rich tapestry of choices that we have available and how to combine the different ingredients in a creative fashion. And naturally, whilst we can't resort to fillers such as potatoes, rice, pasta, bread and so on, I really do find that it is possible to create very tasty, flavoursome meals, especially once we become more confident in applying our own creativity and cooking skills to really design new meals with new ingredients that we may have not used to this extent prior to embarking on this ketogenic journey. And so to wrap up today's episode, I would really like to close this with a quote by Mark Hyman, who's a medical doctor at the Cleveland Clinic, who says, carbohydrates are the single most important thing that you can eat for health. And whilst this might sound contradictory initially, what Dr. Hyman, I believe, is referring to is that we ought not cut back on carbohydrates that come through leafy greens, healthy, non-starch, vegetables, and so forth. Because it is, of course, in many cases, those foods that carry a lot of the micronutrients that our bodies need to flourish and maintain good health. And another lesson learned for myself was that I really need to, but also am able to take ownership of my dietary choices. And specifically, this means that I am very much required to engage with my food choices, very much required to make sure that I actually read the labels of the products that I purchase and that I don't fall for marketing and the broader communication strategies that companies unfortunately apply in order to sell their products. And so for next week's episode, what I would like to discuss is my personal strategy to managing the state of ketosis, what my meals actually look like, how I handle snacking, and also I'd like to share with you some hacks that I found to be useful in order to really make the most of this ketogenic lifestyle. So you will find all the links to the books I discussed in today's episode in the description of this podcast. I hope that you found some aspects of this episode useful. I hope that you found some of the perspectives insightful. I look forward to welcoming you again soon. And until then, happy eating.